You are listening to the OneOfUs.net Podcast Network. OneOfUs.net and all of the shows on it are 100% subscriber-supported. Please consider becoming a subscriber to OneOfUs.net. Keep the site and all of our great shows going and get some terrific bonus content as well. Sound effects of lightning and all that shit. <laughs> Part three of our horror icons. And we're continuing on. Our original plan was to actually we get couldn't do it. straight we just through the Barbara Cramptons yeah, in the first it. one and, and go. But we have three movies to talk about, but we also have more questions from fans to discuss. Yay! We love our fans. So Birdie the Critic asks... And uh, this is directed towards me, Chris Cox. Alan Galinsky. Nicholas. And Patience. So this is mainly for Patience. Oh, okay. Which Stephen King story should be adapted at this point if we're already willing to risk shining adjacent stories like Dr. Sleep? Are there stories that he's written that should never be adapted? And if so, why? Oh, wow. That's a really deep question because, I I mean, as all of our listeners know, I am in love with Stephen King and I love all of his things. I've read every single one of his books. Um, Okay, to be adapted, I would say up until a couple of weeks ago, I would have said The Long Walk because... I, Which they've announced they were adapting. Yeah, and and that's why I was like up until a couple of weeks ago because it is going to be adapted by a director. I'm going to totally murder this Andre Overdahl. Or, oh yeah, Overdahl, who did Troll Hunter yeah. and Autopsy of Jane oh, Doe, which, which are so both movies that Amazing. I we really really loved. Yeah, and so I am super excited because. It, um, anyone, I mean, Mike Flanagan is like the Stephen King baby director. Like, uh, like he's been like, he's doing Dr. Sleep. He's doing Dr. Sleep, which I'm not sure I'm super excited about. Yeah, Gerald's Game is one of the worst Stephen King novels. I actually, and, and he, he nailed fucking nailed it. it. Like he made when it we, one of the best Stephen King I agree 100%. <laughs> I agree 100% because I, when I was like, oh, they're going to remake Gerald's Game or they're going to make Gerald's Game. I was like. Super skeptical, and then we saw it Fantastic Fest with Mike Flanagan, and I was blown away by how good of a job up until like the last five minutes. But yeah, it's a little postscript. He's like, making Doctor Sleep, which I'm a little reticent about because it wasn't my favorite Stephen King novel. I still enjoyed it. It was it okay. Has the feeling of like Eyes of the Dragon or something like that. I don't like, know. Like his stuff that's more fantasy based. It was like yeah, The Shining is terrifying. Doctor Sleep's not terrifying, but it's, it's, it's a little more, weird. It's more fantasy than it is. Yeah. Longer. So I would have said Long Walk, but they're making Long Walk. So now I'm going to say The Talisman, but I don't want to. Also sp- getting adapted. Is it? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. And I'm hoping that they don't make it into a three part movie. Like Talisman needs to be a mini series. It needs to be like Netflix, HBO. 
mini series because it's too much to be you know shoved into one or even two movies what shouldn't get adapted but has already been adapted is tommy knockers mm. i fucking hated that it's maybe the worst book. novel he ever wrote i hated that book and well, i hated no, i'm sorry Dreamcatcher. Yeah, oh yeah, Dreamcatcher I mean, was really, really Tom bad to too. From if Tommy Knockers is number but, two. But um, yeah. Stephen King's kind of pushing Netflix to make another Under the Dome series, and I think that's a really bad mistake because Under the Dome A wasn't that great. True. The miniseries they did two seasons was terrible. Like, just let it die, Stephen. I love you, but just <laughs> let it die. Keep that uh, shit under the dome. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. Uh, Michael Buck asks if you could make your own horror icon versus movie, Ooh. like Freddy versus Jason or AVP. Which characters would you choose and why? Oh shit, that's, that's rough. One. That's a tough one. That's such a tough one. Can I do like Shotlos versus Sobriety? No, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, I can't like. Before that last ep we recorded, I came back to my mic and I found a half shot. This on the yeah, he, he poured you a shot. <laughs> and I looked at it. You and didn't I was even like, know it. You were like, like, where are those I half shared shots? at it for the whole episode. <laughs> and then afterwards, I took it. <laughs> and it was just appeared to me. He's so. a, he, I mean, seriously, like, he's the best little. I don't know when he did that. Like, <laughs> it was just there. It appeared next to me. Can I just say Hellraiser versus Showgirls? Oh, uh, no, that's I think terrible. that's a thing. No, I would terrible. watch the shit out of that. Like, continue the continuity of Showgirls. <laughs> Which <laughs> obviously got a very but, strong, like, world-building company. Weirdly, <laughs> that film has legs. I don't know why, <laughs> that's so to speak. Oh, God. But, like, that people love it. I have friends like Johnny Neal loves dad that fun. movie. I kind of love Showgirls, too. Shut just, the fuck up right now. Re- rewatch it. Don't go any further. Context. Make a sequel where the main character finds the cube and, like, <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. I was just thinking everything I ever wanted was in Cabin in the Woods. You know, like, yeah, all yeah. of the verses were in Cabin in I'm the Woods. I'm trying to think of true, like, icons, like, Actors and like get them both in a movie and pit them against each other. Well, like I can think of one fighter I'd like to see in this: Reagan from The Exorcist, possessed Reagan. I'd like to see her fight someone. I'm not okay, sure. Okay, like Texas, like Leatherface. Yeah, there you go. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> Reagan versus Leatherface. <laughs> he like pulls out his chainsaw and she's like, "Fuck me!" Chainsaw. <laughs> <laughs> Did you watch my chance the television show? I've heard it's good. No, no, I heard I it's very good. That whole first season is like that. It, it's kind of a surprise that, like, oh wait, she's the girl from The Exorcist. You know, as part of it, and she's like dealing with the same thing coming after her own daughter, but it does it in a way that's really surprising. It's quite good. Huh. Yeah, I, I know. I, I was it one season or two. They did two seasons. That yeah, went, the second season went to a totally different group. Okay. Yeah. Which is also really good. Oh, Speaking of television shows, I like to see Constantine versus Lucifer, the, the television shows. Oh, right. I've never. I, well, they're both based on the. I mean, the only reason yeah. there is a Lucifer comic book series that the show was based on was because of Constantine. But I want yeah. Keanu Reeves Constantine because he's the no. best. I just want to give a quick shout out. There was a little debate on Facebook like month movie. I understand people are pissed about the Constantine adaptation I, that came out. 
Because it wasn't love. the comic book, but I Constantine. fucking love that Constantine. Oh my god, I am I, high-fiving you across the room, Alan, because Keanu Reeves' Constantine is the best. It's not It's not the comic book, sure, but it's its own thing, it's, and no thing kicks ama- It's Keanu Reeves, motherfuckers! So I, I agree that I like the Constantine adaptation, but I would much rather have a blonde Brit in a brown trench coat. You want, like, yeah, David Tennant, Constantine? Like, full, like, oh, my God, they got to play him on television, who is so good, yeah. so perfect, that everybody in the world went, yeah, that's Constantine. Put him in everything. Which they actually have done. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, yeah, they but, went, okay, we listened, he's in everything. Yeah. Back to heart, heart icons versus oh, okay, each other. Give me Candyman yeah, versus Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, shit. Give me those rednecks. Versus Candyman. No, wait, let him wait, wait what about Candyman? Oh, Candyman? Yeah, yeah. What about Candyman versus Bloody Mary? Ooh. Oh, because they're both the same kind this of... This kind of a thing. Well, I feel like now it's Mir- Candyman versus... They're just, versus- like, fighting through the mirror. Yeah. <laughs> what I've been told is Candyman versus Toxic Fandom. Yeah. yeah. Jordan oh, Peele is, is directing the remake, and that's what he said. I thought he was producing the remake, well, not directing. I, actually, you're right. He may, not, he may not be directing, but he said that the context oh, is... Candyman versus Toxic Fandom. Oh, I love idea. it. I can't wait. I love it. I'm coming in. All right, let's go to oh, what we're here for, which I, is to talk about the movies. I have my fun fact for Barbara Crampton, which yeah. we didn't get to do what? earlier. No. So, um, all you nerds out there, uh, Barbara Crampton appeared nude <laughs> in the 1986 oh, December issue of Playboy. Oh, so, really? get your Googling fingers ready, because, <laughs> um, and maybe some, like, you know, like lubricant or yeah. whatever, and some <laughs> tissues, maybe your sock, right? Yeah, because, whatever you think is right. Yeah. I mean, we are not judging you. We understand completely because we would do the same thing. But, uh, yeah. Our second Barbara Cram- Crampton film, despite the fact of there being much better choices. <laughs> Who chose Chopping Mall? I think it was me. God damn it. Has, it has, I think it has a Hall of, fi- Hall of, Hall of Fame. No. Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame weirdo sex it's, scene It was that half thing. shot from yep. half, and it's from so shot strange. List. This is a terrible fucking movie. Man, I loved this Okay, oh, so, so bad. Alright, let me I just, let it. me precursor this. Uh, the director, Jim, Jim Wire, when, when Rowski, sorry. That's, that's a made up when name. Jim Wynorski. Wynorski. <laughs> so, one of his claims to fame is he, he did Beastmaster 2 <laughs> Hell yeah. Through the Portal of Time. Oh I God. love that movie, too. It's a TNT classic. Oh, <laughs> this dude hasn't made a good movie. I think Is he a Roger Corman? I think so. Um, I think he's a Roger Corman a protege. But he ended up being more into the straight video market where he's done a lot of, like, Sex parodies of horror films. Oh my god! So no, no. The, please read some of the titles. The Bear Witch Project. <laughs> Hell yeah! Uh, <laughs> Paranockers activity. That's even clever. <laughs> Paranockers activity is so good. <laughs> Cleavage fields. <laughs> they get better. Paranockers activity yeah, is fucking no, killing me. Wait, wait. No, there's be- there's better ones. Go to his film. There's all nothing. Right, all right. There's you nothing be better That's than Paranoia's activity. <laughs> uh, I don't know. There's no activity in this house. 
She's like, there's a scroll, scroll. Scroll. I like scroll. No, seriously, some of these are fucking hysteric. His the devil, ster- the devil wears nada. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's right. Also, yeah. what the hell would the that hills, look like? The hills have thighs. <laughs> yeah. Oh wait, the witches of Brestwick. Yes. <laughs> And Alabama Jones and the Busty Crusade. <laughs> this what is that even a parody? I think of? that was yeah, Indiana Jones. Okay, oh, get it? Alabama. How did you no. miss that? How like well, Alabama seriously? Jones? I mean, that's, just, that's, that's terrible. terrible. That's so much. No, this state. dude makes like um, like Sharknado or Birdemic, but type. even worse. Yeah, <laughs> like softcore. Version. Stay tuned for our next then, next episode. Oh which man! Is this guy's Seriously, that would be. But this is kind of funny. Yeah. This is like Julie Corman, who I, I guess is Roger Corman's. I think she's yeah. his daughter. Wife. I think is his wife. Yeah, wife. Uh, who produced this and much in con with him working them working together, and it's 1986. It's. Uh, shopping mall culture, it's it's not good. Well, here, here's the thing. Right off the bat, I love, love, love the opening of this movie, where it shows like the guy breaking into the mall, and then the robot chasing him down and like shocking him, and then it says the end. You find out it's just like a. It's, it's like a, a promotional. I don't. I, it has to be. They had to know that. I love the joke of that. Like imagine going to the theater to see Killbots or Chopping Mall, whatever, and then you go there. It opens up. There's a guy breaking in, a robot chasing him down, shoots him. The end. And it's like five minutes. <laughs> so that joke is very funny to me. Do we have a Nick Sopsis? Yeah, so. Boop, boop, beep, bap, boop. Beep, boop, boop. What's that? <laughs> that's <laughs> a robot edition. Yeah, this is yeah that's, that's, that's the re- like. Burr, that's burr, your robot thing? That's the lasers coming out of my it's eyes. What, Alexa, what's the synopsis of Killbots? Beep, boop, boop, boop. Oh, sorry. You that's just activated. Shopping mall is a taken over by a robot. Literally, that's it seemed appropriate. I mean, it is appropriate at the time, but we can't let eventually she's gonna kill us. Be killed by Alexa right now. I mean, there's that point where she's gonna just like she's gonna be like lasers randomly out of her eyes. Have a nice day. We designed you with lasers. (laughs) Have a nice day. That's one of my favorite things about this. The robots themselves. So we've got a shopping mall that's maybe gonna be uh, protected by a trio of after hours robots. And so if we took I actually looked these up. E D two oh nine from Robocop Robocop, the bad yeah. robot from yeah, Robocop. Yeah. And uh Johnny Five from Short Circuit. And if they had triplets, that's essentially the robots we've sense. got. They Although this movie does predate Robocop, right? I think it does. I think this movie's like a couple of years before oh, Robocop. Don't make me Just look that on design. Shit. Yeah, yeah. maybe all right, it's I'm gonna look it up. Post Terminator, right? Because there's oh, some definitely. real heavy overmatches yeah. to that. So, we've got these new robots that are supposed to protect the mall after hours from, you know, looters and what have you. Yeah, they seem harmless enough. Yeah. And they're definitely controlled, like, easily by some sort of remote or something. But then, of course, the same lightning that made Johnny Five, who was a killer military robot in short circuit, turn into super sweet, 
makes these robots that's supposed to be innocuous turn murderous. You're and right. meanwhile, we've got um, three mall employees that invite their significant others for an after-hours party and coerce a friend of theirs and a friend of theirs and trying to hook them up. And, yeah, so they're hanging out in a furniture store. They're I do like sex. the idea of a mall party. It looks fun. <laughs> I, I worked in the mall. Was I don't know if I would want to hang out. But if it was 1988 or whatever, you maybe know, would. Yeah. yeah. The mall is the coolest place to be. They were just, I mean, it was like so weird because they're like dancing and there's like four of them or six of them and they're just like, yeah, we're dancing. That's, like, that's, that's like a hard show. It's like at every Friday the 13th movie, there's always a cabin scene of everyone like playing a game or sitting around and one person dancing in the background. <laughs> it's like, that's it's a point. thing. People dance weird and hard. And then they all start fucking. Oh, yep. yeah. Well, oh, except. For our virginal couple, right? This is an important yeah. part because yeah. our heroes who still get it on don't they don't, get it on you know, a, a little ish. bit, but yeah, they're not they're more virginal than the rest, and of course they're the only ones that live. Even the one that died earlier, but still actually lives. Right, yeah. right. He's like clearly dead. And dead. <laughs> I'm fine. It's okay. It just was a flesh not wound. Not quite dead yet. Just but a flesh wound. <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah, that's that's a. Uh, Pretty much the extent. So of yeah, the they plot get they get like you know stalked by these protectors one, two, and three, and then they have to battle them and outsmart them, and I mean shenanigans ensue. Yeah, it's, and I, I just want to get it out of the way right now. The reason why I wanted this movie is because I really think it does have an Hall of Fame all time classic weird sex scene when it goes. From one couple about to have sex in the bed, all in one room, to the yeah. second couple about to have sex. On the couch. On the couch. And then within that scene, <laughs> our character tells Barbara Crampton she smells like pepperoni. Yeah. He's like, yeah. you smell like pepperoni. She gets up. like, Ugh. He's like, wait a second. I, I like, like pepperoni. <laughs> so, which makes her go, oh. Do, 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 do. So and then a it's Barbara Crampton's titties down, again. Which is so weird. And then it goes from that, all in the same room, to our nerd couple just watching a movie. Like, <laughs> They're like watching Attack of the Killer All within like five feet of, of each other. Monster, That's what it is, Which is, is also monsters. a Roger Com- Corman film. But like that, that scene fun. alone is just so weird. And I, I, it stuck with me forever since I first seen this movie. And so that's why, uh, yeah. That's why this movie's I've actually, I've got that in my notes as well, because I feel like that scene, she's like, the dude's like, you smell like pepperoni, and she's like, well, in that case, and gets off of him, and he's like, oh, I like pepperoni, and she's like, oh, in that case, and she pulls off her shirt, and I swear to God, she was going to say, check out these pepperonis. <laughs> like, I didn't think that, it was the right okay, thing to so do. Okay, so Nick obviously like, <laughs> shit could have made a superior movie. It was but a, it seemed like a setup. It that seems exact like she was setting that joke up, for sure. Um, okay, so these are my notes. Wow. Less than three minutes and already racist. <laughs> what, what, how so? Um, I can't remember the scene, but oh, I, I oh no, I can't. I know. Well, I don't remember because I was probably drunk. Um, <laughs> and then is he smoking while making a pizza? <laughs> <laughs> so their boss, their pizza, because they work at a pizza oh, yeah. shop, he's, he's like sitting there smoking his cigarette and ashing while making a pizza. And, and then she's like, hey, don't get too close to that guy because he likes to grope the waitresses. Be careful. And he and he eats all the butter. And it was a dude that looked like Newman. He ate um, butter? Yeah, and then they were like, yeah, uh, can I butter. get yeah, he was oh. like, Can I get some more butter, please? Um, is that what the robot chicken bit is about? Where the dude's gonna stick a butter in mayonnaise? He's like, like more maybe, butter. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. 
Um, and then the dialogue, holy shit, it's the it's most really 80s, bad. oh my god, we're gonna have so much fun to the max, <laughs> and like, it's, it's so 80, I mean, it's, the only worst- It's 80s? It's 80s. The only thing worse is the one dude bro who is the first that I think the fucking gods, because if I had to see him chew gum the yeah. whole entire movie, every single I would have life. fucking- like punched him Thank through you. the television scene and just like killed him myself. Um, so I was glad he died first. And then I just want to say last thing, the, um, the protectors, their lasers, are they fucking stormtroopers? <laughs> because yeah. they can't hit shit. They also did not mention those in the presentation. And, of the yeah, opening. and also yeah, they said them were like, these are security robots for them all. Why would they need lethal lasers? <laughs> yeah. What part of, like, immediately you go watching this film. Well, you know. They made them have lethal, which, by the way, isn't a thing. Right. Anyway. And lasers do not. And when Dawn right. of the Dead or Red Dawn situation happens, you know, Just some sort case. of invasion. We have these stupid. to protect our malls. But they uh, suddenly have lasers and they're terrible at them. Like, they're just like, I mean, at one point they have yeah. a gunfight. With the the bots and the lasers are just like shooting at them and just There's, not even. Uh, like, can I point out as well the heroes, like because this is the eighties and apparently models had gun shops with like fully automatic weapons. Did you guys you know that gun shop is named Peckinpah? Yeah, no, the gun shop's called Peckinpah. <laughs> That's yeah, I love it. Good store. That's but so they funny. just go in and get fully automatic weapons that, like, for some reason these. Robots are made out of adamantium. <laughs> this completely indestructible. But they're like at and point like nanobytes range, or something. Shooting them with shotguns and AK-47s, and it's just not There's even. A scrap. Yeah, they have to blow them up. The best funny. you can do is knock them over on their side, <laughs> and even then, nothing, right? Because <laughs> they can eventually re-up themselves. There's a point in this film where. <laughs> Where they're like, when they knock one over, it was like, what is that? It must be robot blood. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just lost yeah. it. I it was, was like, the- you can't, robot blood? They do oil. like, they do like, he's, these, a, he's oh, not a scientist. It's not valid in any way. It doesn't like, it doesn't. Like have anything to do with There's the rest no of the way you know what a robot is and think that it has. They have to yeah. do like these elaborate traps to like kill these robots. Yeah, I they mean, like, they, I mean they have like propane tanks and flare guns and paint thinner, and I mean it's just. Well, it was part of me. I wouldn't. I'm not giving this movie credit, but I do say like it makes sense that the robots are kind of bulletproof because this ball is weirdly spinning. Multiple millions of dollars for their security system. <laughs> this lockdown, like just huge metal things. Like, what are they? And like, for? like the the exit doors are like you know something you would see on a starship. Yeah, uh, it's it's ridiculous. And, uh, oh no, no, I would say honestly, in retrospect, like like after watching this movie again for the first time in years, it might not have been the best Crampton pick because she's 
in this movie. Okay. Makes it through halfway, but she She's is one of the first. Oh, uh, fucking the annoying as shit, though. Like her screaming. Or, okay, so first of all, we have to listen to her scream for like ten minutes. I don't think that's then, the same. No, yeah, no. And then we have to listen to her whine <laughs> in the heating ducts for yeah. like ten minutes. And then she just has and to then, get out. And, and then we have to listen to her life. scream for no reason for ten minutes. And then we have to listen to her scream while she's dying for like ten minutes. Well, that's why I was annoyed by. Barbara and this is the year after Reanimator too. Yeah, and these characters all die so badly. They're just like there's so many sequences. Like, why are you even dying? You're like, oh, I got shot in the shoulder. Other characters get shot in the shoulder. They just keep running. It's like, <laughs> what are you doing? Barbara Crampton's like, oh, I got shot in the shoulder. And she's like, I need to crawl. And like, she's I'm like crawling ca- super slowly while all of her friends are standing there watching and not doing anything about it while she gets flamethrowed. Right. Let's not spend a huge amount of time on this because also because. Just for running time, but let me say, we have to get this on. was filmed in Sherman Oaks Mall, where Fast Times on Ridgemont High, uh, Ridgemont High was filmed, and as well, Commando, the yeah. the, the, the oh, mall wow. sequences in that were okay. also filmed. This was originally called Robots, but never released in the title. Killbots. No, it was originally called Robots. And then it was called Killbox. Uh, and then Shopping Mall? And then so Shopping Mall. Which no the one, worst it's been pointed out by a lot possible. of people, but no one in this entire movie is ever chopped. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, the director is the one who voices the Killbots. All right, so... Have a good day, day, yeah. day. I'm going to make this fast, but there's a couple things about the robots that I think are interesting. One, I love how they use... Like, they have to test out their pinchers before they use them. I know, they're like... like like a dad at a barbecue that's got to click his tongs like yeah. three times before he flips the chicken. <laughs> that's true. Oh my gosh, you're totally right. I also Can love how they every ridiculous thing about how the killbots do business. I, I love how they talk to each other in idiomatic English. Like I get that after they kill a person, they're like, "Have a nice day," because you know it's a RoboCop, like whatever kind of thing. But like, why would you translate binary code into idiomatic English and then say it to another robot, have them translate it, and then to have them talk back to you? And uh, oh, that's a good point. the third bit, this is going back to the lasers. Yeah, stormtroopers. <laughs> the laser situation. There is for sure a scene where whoever was animating the laser animation had one deflecting off the dude's denim vest. Oh. Like, it hit him and bounced off. And someone animated that. It's because that dude, that dude was famously a lover of denim vests. Everyone makes fun of him. He's he was, like, he was, I, jokes on Head to toe denim. Denim vest deflect Most lasers. people don't know the Canadian tuxedo is like cowboy. <laughs> right? Um, but one shout out to this movie is the Leslie kill, the character Leslie, where her head pops. Oh, how? Yeah. What's our kill? Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's my I mean, favorite it's a cool one. Head That's my favorite thing. kill. But what's our kill, kill count? Um, We got a total of. Eight kills in this movie. Eight kids, eight kills. Well, actually, six kids, and then two of the, uh, the janitor, nerds who control the thing, plus the, and then the uh, two, Dick Ward. Yeah, the two. Dick Miller. Dick Miller. <laughs> Last note, um, this was clearly intended as a horror comedy, if for no other reason that there's so many references to other horror, like, comedy-type things in here. In fact, uh... The the two lead characters from the comedy horror film Eating Raul, Paul Bartel and Mary uh, Warrenoff, are playing their characters uh, from that movie in one scene. Oh, okay. As yeah. is Dick Miller, who's playing his character from A Bucket of Blood. Salone is given the same name, and it's like, okay, clearly this was not supposed to be taken seriously. The problem is, it's not that good of a movie. Yeah. It's so. not. I do. I I do find the first like hour of this movie, or actually first like forty minutes of it, 
pretty charming and fun. Like, I think it's, like, super 80s and super, like, cheesy. And, and I, I like it all, but then the last 30 minutes of it is just it's boring. It's just not It's super just boring. Great. Yeah. The kills are bad. The last half sucks. This doesn't have the cult classic value that, you know, let's say reanimator has yeah no, or our next top or uh, guy vincent price vincent price before we get started do you have a, a fun i fact? do have a fun fact for vincent price so vincent price actually came from an extremely wealthy family mm-hmm. um he was loaded and he actually has had an art history degree from yale so, dude went to fucking Yale. He actually double majored in art history and English. Um, and he's known, was known for having one of the most extensive art collections. He had 9,000 pieces. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. And it was, I mean, like, he had an extensive art collection that uh, he was renowned for. He um, actually dedicated and gave a lot of money to two different universities that opened up art history departments in his name. As well as donating his art his art collection to a lot of uh, different museums, as well as being a gourmet cook, where he had multiple cookbooks and a, t- a cooking television. He show. also was apparently known for having an incredible memory, like one of those read it once you knew it all. Like he was famous for knowing not just his lines, but. Everyone's lines. Did you like mouth them words. along while they were like doing that? <laughs> I don't know about that. But there's a, a famous moment from Abominable uh, Doctor Fives where Joseph Cotton, the obviously very well known actor who's playing the protagonist in the film, at one point complained because in that film, Fives like has a it's all ADR yeah. for reasons we'll talk about later. But like, so he got to record in post edit, and he's like, "This isn't fair." Like he. Uh, he doesn't even have to know his lines. Like, I have to remember all this. And he's like, no, dude, I know all of the lines. I know your lines. I know my lines. Like, I don't know what to tell you, man. Stop complaining. I've got this off. <laughs> like, I'm here. I don't have to know my lines. And I know them. Oh, and I know yours. He was just an incredible person. He's pretty crazy amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Vincent Price, I think, is... If we were to talk horror icons... Oh, wait, we are... <laughs> um, I think Price is maybe the horror icon. I agree. Like, uh, absolutely. Pick one is the absolute top. I mean, it would be Bella Lugosi or Vincent Price. But Bella Lugosi oh. was in nowhere near as many good movies yeah, as Price that's was. that's true. And Price that's had true. just so many great horror films he was in. Speaking and, of, House on Haunted Hill. House on Haunted Hill, uh, which is... Definitely the best William Castle horror film. Which William Castle, which I, I found this fascinating doing more research about him. He he was known for his gimmicks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And even I even this one had even this one had a Merjo. So at one point during the end, and everyone's seen House on Haunted Hill, whether it be the old one or the new one, I assume our listeners have anyway, during the end where he had the skeletons come out of the acid bath, he had a skeleton rig to come down into the audience and scare the shit out of everybody. But he's the one that did the tingler. Right, where yeah. they, he had the seats rigged with electricity that would shock you. That yeah. apparently the problem was <laughs> that's that super it safe. Actually, hurt people. One, no, like some people got almost no charge; other people got way too much charge. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> it then didn't he, work out great. I think his first movie, he in, he um, uh, issued certificates of death. 
like if or like it, life insurance. Mm. So if you died during the watching this movie, then yeah. you would get like. A, I love that idea. It's yeah. such a. He was like a revolutionary. He was, very, he was very gimmicky. He made a lot of films that are fun in a quaint sort of way to watch now. But the part of the what makes him important is that whole like. Let's make it where it's very like the audience is involved. There exactly. should actually happen. The audience. There's a movie with a uh, John uh, Goodman who plays him. Uh, that's a biopic about him. That's super good if you get a chance to watch it. But uh, House on Haunted Hill is, I think, generally considered to be the one film in Castle's oeuvre and- that is. People generally say. This is a pretty good movie. It's a great movie, and you can tell that it's William Castle because there's a lot of times where Vincent Price is, like, talking to the camera, and you know that that's, like, him trying well, to, yeah. you know, and get the audience involved, well, breaking that fourth wall. It opens, it opens uh, with that actor. No, Vincent Price definitely talks to the camera it's quite a, a bit. Uh, yeah, it opens with the guy that owns the house. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. Yeah, that by. too. But Vincent Price looks in the camera pointedly yeah. on several but occasions. Nick, tell us your uh, synopsis. Uh, sure. Synopsis. There's got to be a better way to put that into words. Yeah, I know. I feel like there's a different pun there somewhere. We challenge you fans to come with other words. Find up with a new name for Nick Synopsis. Nick Synopsis. Nicolopolis. It sounds like I've got a disease, or I've got a or you're from Greece. Yeah. All right, so Frederick Lauren, played by Vincent Price, at his wife's suggestion, hosts a party at a haunted house. And though it's his wife's idea, he chooses the five guests joining them for the evening. And each is promised $10,000 if they can stay the whole night. By the way, by modern day money, that would be, I believe, eighty-three thousand. No, it's seventy-eight thousand. I got eighty-eight thousand. I heard it. You guys all looked it up, dude. I looked it up. It was it was seventy-eight thousand, according to my Google search. Seventy-eight thousand. I because I found that number too, but that was from like six years ago. So it's like somewhere between seventy-five and eighty-five thousand. Okay, it's whatever. So it's a lot of money. Eighty-eight thousand three hundred dollars and forty-three cents. Oh shh. Yeah, the thing I saw actually had it down to the cent too, and I was like, "Really?" I used Google. That's amazing. You guys are really. Really diligent in your research. I'm, well, I wanted to I'm know if I would do it. You. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I would do it for nothing. <laughs> I would not. I'll take your cut. <laughs> Chris would have just wandered into the situation and be like, hey guys, hey, what's, what's going up? on? Do you like, see hey, this whole book written in blood? Is <laughs> it okay if I read this out loud? It, there's like this Latin incantation. I'm just going to read it. Is it okay? Yeah. Out loud. Of course. That's how we do it. Katu Barata! Nick Oh my god, didn't one of our movies actually yeah, Chopping do that? Mall Chopping Mall did that. that. Yeah. What? Yeah, they made that Evil Dead reference. It wasn't an Evil Wait, Dead no. reference. That's, uh, it yet. was Army the, of Darkness. Yeah. No, no, no. no they the were Day referencing Day the, the Earth Day, Day, Oh, yeah, that. that's right. that hadn't come out yet. You're right. Evil Dead 2 had not I been meant to look yet, that up, but so. I didn't. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so we find out early on that uh, Vincent Price's character and his wife pretty much hate each other, and she has probably tried to poison him more than once. And he's happy to get her out of his life for a million dollars, but she's not having any part of it. And the owner of the house, well, Watson is his name, also attends a party, and he says he survived the last night barely that he spent there. And what follows is just a straight-up lovely haunted house movie with bunch of ghosts, either real or manufactured, and people being scared and people dying, and we're trying to figure out is it actual spiritual actors that are on the stage, or are we dealing with human actors, or both? 
so basically, it turns out that it's it's mostly the humans, it seems, and they and this is where the plot holes come in for me because yeah, yeah, there's, well, I mean, it's a little hard to believe it could play out the way it did, and no one would let the cops would be none the wiser, right? Right? But like, I love the idea of like a double twist where I, it's like. The, uh, like the guy, the Vincent Price, who's like, oh, he and his wife are clearly no longer getting along. And she's like, I'm all but saying, I know you killed your previous wives. Right. And like, she's the one who's actually in the scenario plotting to kill him. But he's so fucking smart that he already has prepared for this and is waiting for their moment to make their move, her and her new lover, to kill them. Yeah. In a way that makes him where no one could ever possibly say, oh, it was your, it was your, you did it. And I'm like, I love the shit out of that. The only, that's like the one thing about this, but not the one thing I like a lot about this movie, but I love the twist and the double twist of this movie. It's very fun. I did not see him coming. I've never seen this movie. So this is the first time watching it. And I didn't, I genuinely did not, I knew there was going to be some sort of like, ha ha ha, <laughs> twisting mustache. Yeah, I was going to say, he twisted his mustache. Well, then you see that I was the smart boy here and you were the dumb one. But, uh, <laughs> but like, I did not exactly see how it was going to play out. And I enjoyed the play out of it. I, um, yeah, it was really, really fun. And I was bored in the middle of this movie for a bit, but it is brief and it is like, Classic, so like you know, you give it the leniency there. It's like I struggle with old movies like this sometimes, unless it's doing something that's like revolutionary for the time, which nothing in this movie necessarily is. It's it's really of the time. I feel like, like um, filmmaking wise, yeah, it's really well done. It's like that's why it's hold stands. It's a great creepy fucking. But it's like it's a creepy house. I do think that first scare of what we find out is just a blind woman, yeah, or like weirdo woman (laughs) who's doing that. Legit, like, bli- like she should have had gliding. The- yeah, right. yeah, she could also fly apparently. But yeah. there's but- a lot of stuff like that where you're like, this in context of how they explain it later doesn't in the make film sense, does right. make sense. Yeah, but I, I, I will say that that scare scared me. It's like, good. It made yeah. me jump. I was not ready for it, and it made me jump a little bit. And then like the float by, like whole movie and like the kind of the campiness of it all. If you take it all out, you just put that scene up in front of some people who've never, like, you take some people from the time to, like, watch this scene. It's scary. It's it's freaky as shit. Nick, it's really good. What were you going to say before I comment? Oh, I was just going to say, like, this is where it falls apart a little bit. So, how is this blind woman gliding? How is this rope prehensile? And, like, and how do they engineer this chandelier fall? And, like, there's a whole bunch or of stuff. the thing with, like, later on where, like, the... the, the oh, there's a levitating the person. The person who's supposed to be dead already. Yeah. And who's she, levitating outside the window, and two seconds later... She's... She's not that was... I think that's hysterics. I think there's a combo of that that character no no because no he he literally mentions about how oh your visage in the window is definitely driving at home because they're trying to drive her and so he intentionally mentions yeah he 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 talks about how oh yeah when you appeared out of her window that really did the deal and but he's just waking her up out of her sedative coma and this is the worst plot ever in terms of well this in terms of 
not a movie. Oh yeah, but in terms so of much better than the to remake. Achieve what they want to do. <laughs> it's really They're just like, why are you doing this? <laughs> why is there anyone else in the house? How would you trust? Why did you invite all the people? Because they need witnesses, and then they need Denial, to drive. Yeah. They're why trying you... to drive the one girl crazy enough to where she shoots the husband, so she's the one that kills. It's kind of no, crazy. My understanding. It's insane, but it's, it's is this is it's, but it's, it's based awesome. on a novel, which is one of the most famous haunted yeah. house novels of all time. I've not read it, and I assume that it's got a whole bunch of explanations for all the things that don't make a bit of sense. I don't think this one is I think you're thinking based of, on I think you're thinking of right? House You're on, thinking of a ha- yeah, the, uh, uh, the Shirley Jackson one. Haunting uh, uh, oh, of Hill House. Haunting yeah. of Hill House. This is not based yes, on that. Is Which exactly is very good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Different name. Or Which, similar name. Incredible adaptation um, on Netflix. My favorite line is... My this is my favorite line, and I started like um, you know looking at shot lists a little bit when I fall asleep. But it says, "What husband hasn't wanted to kill his wife?" <laughs> is a line in the movie, and now he just baseball. Now, yeah, yeah now I go to sleep with a baseball bat <laughs> tucked between the two, right? <laughs> but I love the fact that okay, so we're gonna lock you in this haunted house. Everyone is freaked the fuck out. Let's give everybody guns. Yeah. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah, no, I love it. Here's the boxes with all the little guns. coffin boxes. Everyone gets a gun. It's the best. Um, and so here's to this movie's credit, like at the end of it, and as we're talking about it now, it obviously doesn't make a lick of sense in like almost any part. And then he's of it. sort of taking it out of like like but, trying to put real world shit onto right. it. No, I mean, yeah, but, and even even within its own context, it doesn't make sense. But that being said, having watched it, it for was the first entertaining. Time, I didn't have really a single question except the fuck. Until I got to the end. Like, I, I didn't have any other question so you, beyond that. you guys, who had ever seen this before? I this had never seen time. the original. I've, this I've is my pieces. first time. I've seen okay. pieces never. So yet, you had so no idea that the twist was that Vincent Price No, I mean, I've seen the remake. Well, I mean, I've seen the remake. Oh, so that happened yeah. in the remake. Yeah. Yeah. Here's yeah, the deal. The like, I knew for that a fact that he was going to be behind it all. I just didn't know how it was going to play out. Okay. How it played out was surprising to me, but I knew that that was happening. It almost doesn't matter the fact that... Is totally impossible that this could play out. <laughs> well, that any way. movie that yeah. has it has a, in the credits the skeleton playing himself. Yeah, <laughs> it's literally skeleton himself. So, like, That's you amazing. know, you let go of all the silliness of it. True. You know, what, you like true. you roll with it. What made me sad is our kill count, which is two. Oh yeah, we got two in this. We got. We got Dr. Dead and then Dead Wife is what I wrote down. Yeah. <laughs> so for the record, the writer of this, Rob White, also wrote uh, uh, 13 Ghosts. I The new, old one or the new one? No, the new The, the old one, of course. Oh, I didn't yeah. see that. I haven't seen yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, like for uh, William Castle, he wrote I the, love he wrote the Tingler. For okay, William the Tingler. Yeah, okay. uh, Homicidal and uh, Macabre, which are all... Macabre. Uh, Macabre. <laughs> Um, the the house when you look at it you're like it's weird because the inside is all like w- weirdly Victorian but the outside is modern. super modern. No, it's a Frank Lloyd Wright house. Frank Lloyd Wright, right? Yeah. That came out that was built in 1924. Yeah. And you look at it and you're like that looks like a house I could see built like recently because it's, it's super modern looking. It's like no, 1924. It's in Lo- uh, Los Feliz, California. Um, you mentioned the Emergo. Emergo. Which uh, repertory theaters have since recreated multiple times where they 
have a skeleton that comes down right when the skeleton <laughs> comes out of the acid pit. It comes across the audience. Originally, when the film came out, they had to stop doing it because teens who teenagers who had heard about it started coming in with slingshots and shooting the thing and throwing and candy and at throwing it. candy yeah. at it and what have you. Uh, if you watch the Fox DVD release that came out in 2005, it has a commentary track by Mike Nelson from Mystery Science Theater on there. As well, you can get the order that on the Riff, Riff Tracks on Demand service. And then 2009, Nelson, Kevin Murphy, and Bill Corbett, who are the the Nelson Mystery Science Theater crew, released a second commentary for Riff Tracks. They've also performed it live. Um, weirdly, this film influenced Alfred Hitchcock. What? Yeah. I mean, without this movie, we don't have Psycho. Yeah. He watched it, and he went, this movie made a fuck ton of money for its time. Like, made a lot of money. And Hitchcock took notice and went, oh, this is a decent, not great, but decent movie, but I'm starting to see the appeal of, like... He's on with the low budget and well-crafted scares. Yeah. Yeah. make a fucking hit. Exactly. Schlockmaster. He famously said, like, this is what what made me lead to create Psycho from this. This is Cassandra Peterson's favorite horror film. That's Elvira. Yeah. Yeah. That's her favorite horror movie of all time, which I think is pretty cool. Uh, The theme music... For this film, which also was a hit and sold a bunch of records, believe it or not, had a version with lyrics that were not used in the movie. Are you ready? Yes. All right, let's go. Let's do it. Sing it. I, I don't know. The you music have to sing it. To say, yes. I don't. What, what do I sing it to? <laughs> uh, Yankee Doodle. <laughs> Weirdly, I tap danced to Yankee Doodle Dandy in front of a whole crowd of people when I was like 13 years old. Jeez. Wow. I just tapped Louise. into Yankee Doodle. Okay, so that just went so, deep. There's a house on Haunted Hill where everything's lonely and still, lonely and still, and the ghost of a sigh, when when we whispered goodbye, lingers on, and each night gives a heart a broken cry. There's a house on Haunted Hill where love walked, there's a strange silent chill, strange silent chill, there are memories that yearn for our hearts to return, and a promise we failed to fulfill, but we'll never go back, no! No, we'll never go back to the house on Haunted Hill. Oh, that was beautiful. So that, that is was not an Evanescent song. Right? No, That's it is idea. not. It sounds like it would be. But that no. was a gorgeous, traumatic reading Thank by you. Chris Cox. <laughs> Thank you. But let's talk about the real reason we wanted to talk about Vincent Price uh, on this real, one. Yeah, okay. Yeah, oh, I'm yeah. sorry. Go ahead and do your thing. Yeah, well, oh, yeah, yeah. Kill we, Count. We, we had, had the two Kill two. Count, but I just wanted to point out that um, Carolyn Craig, who's playing Nora... Screams a lot in this yes. movie. Yes, oh does. my fucking god. She was almost as annoying as Barbara Crampton in but Chopping Mom. I think it was more annoying, honestly, but it does give me one of my favorite moments in this movie is when the plot comes to fruition and she kills the husband. He comes in there, she shoots him, it's like, ah! and then runs away. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. Like, the, the timing of it is a strong shoot, a pause. A long scream <laughs> and then a run out the door. It is like cl- it's like classic slapstick shit. Dude, That's all I, I seriously to say. have it in my my notes. Will she not stop screaming already? <laughs> for fuck's ah, sakes! Ah, 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 ah. But yes, uh, to move on for our next price one, which is like a fucking right. great movie. Hands up! I know it's podcast. Yeah, you can't see, I'll see tell it. you. But who had never seen Abominable Dr. Fives before? Uh, all of it. I have never seen guys? it. Yeah. I've never right. even heard of it until this. Yeah, so, never even heard of it. I'm that guy who grew up, like, 
watching and reading stuff that was all about finding the most obscure shit you could find for horror, like loving it. And this was an early discovery for me. Uh, and I'm also a lot older than all you guys, so that's um, partially you're why. Only sense. marginally older than me, but I just want to say, we're all old. Oh, yeah, I mean, I'm a lot older than those guys, but I'm you're not that. Marginally older <laughs> that's what I just that. said. But still, uh, okay. Do we want to do a Nick Sops list? Uh, the abominable. The- Dr. Five. Nick Sopopolis. Nick Hardest word to say. Abominable. Maybe the the most nah, psychedelic horror hard. film ever made. Other than, like, you know, anything by, you know, Giallo. You know, anything. Well, no, but psychedelic. I don't know. Like I mean, in a 60s American I think Argento British. is pretty psychedelic. Uh, it's a different type of set. All right. So. All right. Okay. We'll put it aside, We'll, we'll talk about things it. Yeah. We'll fight about this later. <laughs> After, off air, put we're going to actually, <laughs> we're going to physically piece. fight about this. This is going to be an arm wrestling and we're gonna, right we're gonna, after we're done yeah, recording. We're going <laughs> to record it and put it on our deliberations of doom. No, not really. Go ahead, right. Nick. So, uh, Vincent Price plays Dr. Fibes, and his wife died under the hands of nine different medical professionals. On his way to the hospital, his car went off the road in the rush to the hospital, and he was burned to death, we are given to understand, and was interned with his wife in uh, the cemetery, whatever situation. Of course, he didn't actually die. And now he's seeking revenge on all the professionals that had a hand in not saving his wife. And so we've got sort of a Phantom of the Opera situation mixed with maybe like Seven kind of thing, where he's trying to kill each of the the nine people with curses from... I'm going to have to look at this. The plagues. The ten plagues of uh, of Egypt. Egypt. Of Egypt, yeah. There's also a word for the book. They kind of rewrote a little bit because they're, for budget, they're like, oh, that would have been more expensive, so we're switching out (laughs) Some of these didn't make much sense to me. So, yeah, but he basically goes through and kills all of them and eventually uh, winds up killing himself, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, he... Lays he, himself down next to, to his once dead he's wife. Done is to join the his tenth dead plague wife. is yeah. into the darkness. Yeah, and that's his. And the thing yeah. is, the, the so he and that's pretty much himself. it. Because the plot of this movie is simple, straightforward, yeah. revenge plot. But what's about what makes this movie special is just its weirdness, its set design, the style. Every, I, I was like shook by this movie. Like it opened with like the big like organ playing, and like and I was like in like the fake band, and I was like, "What?" Yeah, oh, that was. Right. That, that he's was... got an animatronic band yeah. that plays that backs him up while he's playing on the organ. Seriously, this is the most amazing player. house ever. My notes. Off. I want to live in his house. My <laughs> notes. My first. The first line of my notes says, "What dot." The dot <laughs> fuck question mark. Yeah, I, I have no idea what the fuck is going on. Are you ready for my Vegas bets? Oh yeah. What are the odds? Let's do it. What well, are the I, odds? Because I love it so much, I'm sure you hated it. <laughs> I'm I, betting that she likes it. I fucking, I'm betting she liked it too. I fucking loved this. Movie. Hey, thank I, God. I, I think it's a loved this movie. I, I hated it. it. 
for the first 10 minutes. There it is. Um, so <laughs> you both win. But I love this movie. It was so stylized. It was so weird and psychedelic. And like, this is like if Darkman and Saw had a baby. That's, they're both terrible seen, movies. No, well, that's totally Don't awesome. you talk shit We're about like, Darkman. Yeah, I will not take any Darkman slander. <laughs> so, but you're like okay, Saw's Darkman. nailed that. Darkman and Jigsaw had a baby. And those are like... Awesome, and well, this- I, I would add to that. It takes place in like the Roger Moore James Bond universe. Yes, exactly. It has yes. like that type exactly. of thing going I on mean, too. it's got this shitty, like crazy, stupid Art Deco that's just terrible. It's like seventies trying to do Art Deco. It's amazing. I mean, everything about this movie is amazing. It's I just, just- want to talk about the first death real quick because this is the first thing that really stood out to me. Like, I like the organ playing and the uh-huh. electronic band. It's stupid. The first death is the Curse of Bats, right? Yeah. And, so and, the, and you can totally using? see the fucking. Uh, yeah, no, that's fine. No, actually, no, no, they used for real. They used real bats. No, no, no. There, there was there's that one, one shot. You, there's one there's shot one where shot. you can see the wires. But they Wait, famously they used what they call bats. flying foxes, which okay. are fruit bats, fruit bats yeah. which yeah. do not eat, which are adorable. <laughs> but yeah, like, but you, can, super you can literally pet fruit bats, and they like do. Like I'm watching this, it's like I know you wanted to make this horrifying, but but yeah, but fucking with the era of this thing, if you get the biggest bat you could find. <laughs> like people don't know okay. that. There's no so, Google. There's no, people don't, people just see a bat. It's like fuck. I this hate movie that. is oh, so man. hysterical. Like okay, so the inspector from sorry from Scotland Yard is absolutely hysterical. Oh yeah, on the this comedy movie. in this movie. So is he's, yeah, like, sure. he's like he's uh, like detective so and so, and it pans up, and he's like on this ledge, just like crouched over, yeah. trying to collect evidence. He's like yes sir, and uh, it, I mean, he, and obviously that was also right after this weird bat on fishing <laughs> line got thrown in his face. I, I just love I don't know, who, who played the inspector, Chris? Uh, Peter Trout, who was yeah. in a lot of mainly British stuff, like a lot of Doctor Who, Yes Minister. He was actually in uh, uh, Terry Gilliam's The Adventures of Aaron Munchausen. Oh, okay, okay. But yeah. I mean, it's, Which it's is probably kinda, what most Americans. I mean, it's dry British humor. It's pretty dry, but I just found it to be the, so funny. The main, like, uh, not villain protagonist, because I would argue that I would argue that Doctor Fibes is the protagonist in this film. Yeah, but everybody else has has it coming, it, even yeah. though the film doesn't ever bother to get into that. But the movie is so on Dr. Five's side. <laughs> it's just like, it's a series of procedural kills that he's so good and stylish and amazingly artistic at, you can't help but... Well, well seriously. The movie is kind of protagonist-less. Like, because... Then we love Joseph Cotton. I mean, he's kind of like the anti-hero. And you know, so- Joseph Cotton is a huge actor who plays the one of the people that is told early on by the cops, we think you're going to be one of the last ones, but he's yeah, definitely but he, coming he after you. He pops in, he pops out. He's not, you're following the detective mostly, or fives. It's like those two, but neither are really... But Cotton's in there a lot in the whole but, third act. Yeah, so. but, but your protagonist can't really be like... Introduce, mention, and then third act yeah. heavy. Like, which makes this movie kind of unique. It's like... You don't really have. It's just like you're watching a story unfold. You don't really have a person personal point of view. The detective is the closest thing, but he's not your 
true like protagonist. I, th- I think it's very it's odd weird. because it is. It's a procedural crime film from the viewpoint of the guy doing the crime. Yeah, it's weird. It's, which makes it it's all the better for it. Where it's yeah. never uh, in question that he's going to succeed. Yeah. Like he's like so he knows, good at what he, he's doing. He knows that what his end game is. He yeah. knows that he's going to die. He's going to kill himself. Yeah, and we don't know that per se, but it but it's pretty easy if you're paying attention to predict that that's what his plan is. Like, this is this super morbid plan this guy's got who's got apparently all the money in the world. Yeah. And is living in the most amazing well, he's, place he's ever. he's a millionaire because he's a world-famous organist. Yeah. Courtney came in briefly when I was watching. I was like, can we live in that house? Yeah. I was like, <laughs> yes, and, I would and, love to live yes. in that house. And so, <laughs> one of the things it, that I really so liked cool. about this film was that it really, it could, so we have these really psychedelic moments of him and his assistant who also doesn't speak and or him um, great outfits Volnavia yeah Vol- I, I just called her Volva the yeah, whole entire like, time tall attractive and, and stylish yeah, don't forget and that she's Did super stylish? stylish I actually have that in my notes how fashionable <laughs> she is she's part of the whole she's, killing yeah. element and so th- it goes it's never clear why she's involved at all, They're, they don't even. They, yeah, there's she's literally not like nothing. His daughter or anything. Nope. She's just never like explained her at all. Awesome looking she's just a chick woman. with yeah. great style. Uh, pretty like, sure it was the producer's girlfriend. It's it's, <laughs> it's akin to your point of like that James Bond thing that's going on yeah, here. It's like a James Bond yeah. horror movie. She's the the really stylistic henchwoman yeah. that does doesn't the, the, speak yeah. and just like the details they add to it like in the end when she he's just like destroy everything I created so she goes and gets the pure golden axe to chop everything down <laughs> that shit is so James Bond and so <laughs> specific are you thinking oh and gun? then not to it's mention it's so it. though, yeah it's so the best Roger well, uh, James Bond film and then opinion. again like all of the little contraptions that he again uh, throw well throw forward to Saw all the little contraptions that he uses to oh, kill the death traps. The are death so traps cool. are so amazing. At one point, um, he so for the frog plague, <laughs> he goes to this masquerade ball and he convinces the doctor to put on this mask that is. Well, I guess it's more than a mask. It's more like a, a head. It's a full-on headpiece. Yeah, yeah headpiece. Full saw. And it and yeah, so device. he locks it in and it just starts crushing his head slowly but surely and all of these masquerade so cool. ball people are just like standing there watching as blood pours out. It was amazing. Yeah, I like that um, a lot. Yeah, and, and even that the, was my the, favorite death. I even the final Ooh, kill. I got a better death. The final I kill. The final kill is the ultimate saw death. Like, where you're like, there's no question the guys who came up with Saw watched this movie. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Where they're like, here's your thing, Doctor. You're a doctor. You're good with your hands. Yeah. Your own son. The key to his key. freedom is inside his, his own body. Uh-huh. Yeah. But you have a timer with an acid drip before. Like, yeah. oh my god. I'm pretty sure they recreated that in one of the Saw movies. <laughs> my um, favorite death scene is the most ridiculous one, and I loved it because it was ridiculous. It was 
what death by beasts, I think, right? Oh, so it's a would he get impaled oh, by that unicorn? That's catapulted <laughs> into him in front of like everyone. That it also has the one. best comedy beat when they're showing they them get him off and they show them twisting the body in the background from behind with the wall, the legs. Like, just, like, yeah, that's <laughs> going around. The kill to comedy punchline of that is so funny. That was so oh, weird. That's my so favorite. Of film that was sure. a really good death. The death by the oh man, that was one regret I have about this movie is that Peter. Crushing was originally cast oh, as the Jessup He would have been role. so amazing. And I, I'm like, oh man, this would be that much better. I like Joseph Cotton. Come on, he's amazing. Cushing in a horror film with Vincent Price that, that was this good? Like, he was cast in it, but his wife was basically dying and he was like I, I gotta back out That that's a real well, shame. If- but Price is famously a uh, cut up as it were, like mm-hmm. likes to fuck with people, and Cotton was very uncomfortable with being in this movie altogether. Yeah, there's snake he, porn. He kind of did it for the money, and he was not real happy to be there, and he was very overly serious. So Price famously kept fucking with, with, him. Him, with him and trying to make him laugh, which I think is hysterical. <laughs> but also, Price's makeup. When he's wearing, like, we see him later on where it's a terrible rubber mask. Yeah. Right? Like, where he's like, oh, I revealed I am all acid scarred. I kind of like the way he's dark man. But the make, yeah, exactly. But the makeup where he's, like, just supposed to be Vincent Price, but, like, clearly he's supposed to be, like, there's a lot of stuff going on. They used, I forget what it's called. They used a, a, a process on his face that was kind of, like, created a uh, thing where it's really hard to move his oh. muscles and his face oh, for the sequences. so his face acting was bad because of that? No, no I mean, no, no, they literally did it because he had to do the thing where it was like he was talking, but he wasn't talking. So it wanted to do it where it was happening in his throat, but not in his face. So they put this thing, I think it's colloid on his face. Uh, hmm. Yeah. Uh, he. I was going to say, because I really enjoyed, like, he when would, he's emoting hardcore talking. And you could see straining muscles in his neck, yeah, and his like brow, but his mouth is moving at all. I was like, "This is fucking good." But uh, he's his face acting was amazing. But yeah. apparently, he kept fucking with Cotton, doing like 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 hand motions and doing like doing as best as he could to make silly faces during <laughs> him when he was doing his scenes. Price was like famously either a total dick or an amazing dude, depending <laughs> on what kind of person Who you, you were. Yeah. <laughs> you know, on set. I think this movie's a fucking masterpiece. I, like I know I've said that uh, three times. Well, this I mean, I real quick, do you think the movie would have been improved or not changed at all if the child died at the end with the acid coming down? I would. It's a cared. little dark for the tone of the movie, but people mm. are dying. Like, I mean, he saves this kid. There is a follow-up, for the record. Oh, there really? is yeah. Fives rides again. Okay. What was our kill count, count anyway? The kill count, is, it's um, classic 10, um, I think. Because, yes, wait. Yeah. 10 curses. Not, yeah, 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 10, 10 curses, but the kid survives, but the assistant them, dies. And he killed ah. himself. Yeah, he's Although she also comes back during the next one. Oh, does she? Yeah. She comes back, he comes back. That doesn't count in this movie, this, uh, though. The second one, Fox Ride, Rides Again, which is not as good as this movie in terms of a straight-up, like, just a amazing discovery, but it's still pretty fucking good. I'm excited. I'm, I'm definitely going to seek it out. It's still it, pretty fucking good. But, okay. It reminded me a but lot. But as this deal with, like, he's seeking immortality in the second mm-hmm. one with, like, a bunch of Egyptian shit. That sounds know, cool. Yeah. It's, like, so, it reminded me a lot of 
um, Phantom of the Paradise, which... Oh, okay. You guys yeah. see Phantom of the Paradise? No, uh, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm familiar. We'll cover it at some point. Pal- at some it's, point. Wait, yeah, De Palma, yes. Yeah. yeah. It's Phantom of the Opera, obviously, but it's like a rock opera musical, full-on musical remake. Which of it. Is, it this is has been compared so to good. quite a bit. I, I like this better. Oh, man, I but. still think I like Phantom of the Paradise. It's more of my aesthetic, more of like second so arm wrestling I, match. I actually tonight. have uh, two questions. Um, Alan, what was the movie that we watched with the most kills? Oh, yes. Um, I'm pretty sure it's Piranha 2. Piranha 2. Um, I have there our, so many kills in that movie. Well, like, let's, I can go through it, too. So, okay, Bride of Frank had a 9. Old Dark House 1. <laughs> pretty low there. Stupid Saul. House on Haunted Hill 2. We have Dr. Fives had 10. Okay. Reanimator had 9 plus a cat, plus a lot of reanimations. Chopping Mall had 8. Piranha 2, 17. Okay. Pumpkin Head, 7, yeah. Okay, so, so Piranha 2 wins. Um, out total of, the, of 63. 63 counts total. Yeah. That's not Way bad. down from our last series, which had 461. Oh, that's because we had Final Destination. Yeah. Oh, 63.6, I'm sorry. Because <laughs> we counted the cat point six times. Let me just say in wrapping up that watching Abominable Dr. Fives, I'm like... I would love to be the guy to remake this film <laughs> and do it in a way that was like established all the influences and people that came out. Don't you watch this and go like, there's a way to remake this. It's I don't know. I think it's insanely kinda- brilliant. I don't mean like some popular film. I mean like an art indie house film that like, blows people away. Like, like, like I don't it, know. I think it's you know, perfectly set I up to be. I think it's perfect. I think it's perfectly set up to be one of the things that we're seeing recently that I really love is like art house B horror movies, you know? And like this is this is a B movie. The plot's simple, it's just a ten little Indians kind of situation, but it's very artistic and if you get someone with the right sensibilities to come at this, they can make something real cool and modern that is gonna tick all of our boxes. Um so my second question was out of all of the movies that we watched, which one was your favorite, Nick? Oh, that's hard to say. Let's see. It's got to be... No, actually, yeah. No, Reanimator. Definitely. Okay. Like, I I loved... I actually really loved most of the movies we watched this round. But Reanimator, I was just like, this this movie's great. Even like, Piranha too. I honestly... <laughs> I liked how much I hated it, if that makes any sense. Fair. I enjoyed that. I was just in the right mood at the right time. But. Right. Yeah, Alan? <laughs> it's... Either uh, the discovery of Fives is big because I knew Reanimator was a classic and I knew a lot of I'm it. So happy, but I think Fives is probably my favorite. I'm gonna just loan you my Vincent Price box set because it really. <laughs> it, it, it took me. And speaking of like a remaking of it, I, this might be a very unpopular opinion about to say. I think it's perfect, but I think Nicholas Winding Refn would could make a really good remake. Oh, dude, that would huh? be a tight fit. Nicholas Winding Refn, Winding Refn, Winding Winding, whatever the guy who did Drive, the yeah. only guy he Bronson. Like, he he was a lot of crap. I, I, I love Neon Demon, which feels like very... I love Neon Demon. Like, um... Across the yes. room, high five. I it, love Neon I Demon. Uh, but know, he seems don't. like... I honestly I think love his... Neon Demon. His aesthetic and his choice... Because this movie has a lot of silence in it and music and just, like, aesthetic and, and Neon colors Demon's and design. Neon fantastic. And you're wrong. I think he really excels at that shit. And I think he would be the one to remake this and it'd be great. <laughs> That's the sound of Chris what, dying. What was... Okay, Chris just died right now. <laughs> uh, what was your favorite movie? 
Um, well, I've watched everything I loved in here. I've watched before. Okay, so but which uh, one is your favorite? Abominable Doctor Vibes. It's so I did, amazing. I like that one a lot. It's just so great. Like it's so perfect. It's so of its time. It's just like it's just beautiful and charming and like funny and like weird and nothing else is like it at all. Even the sequel doesn't come up to how good this is. It's like oh, it's just so perfect. The movie I I go that I'll probably rewatch more than that is Reanimator because it's like that's when I was like. 13, 14, and going like, oh man, I just discovered horror. It's amazing. Yeah, my favorite movie, two minutes in, I was like, I fucking am going to hate this movie. And I ended up loving it, and it's Abominable Dr. Fives. No, no kidding. Yes. I fucking so that's loved a it. Success. So I was like, I, I absolutely was loved it. worried about going, because Vincent Price was mine, to select. I was like, genuinely worried. I was like, and the I wonder if, I, if there's any way I could make patients like a Vincent Price thing. And- no, but I but I adored House on Haunted Hill as well. Yeah. I did, too. but I, I I mean that I would say it would be like uh, Doctor Fives, um, Reanimator, and then House on Haunted Hill would be those the top three for me. Shout Factory put out a really amazing set of the best of Vincent Price, a three uh, double Blu-ray set of things that I bought. I personally bought all three. They didn't send them to me. I paid for that. <laughs> that like, means it's serious. Y'all. Oh, man. I was like, oh, yeah, I want that. And they are so good. There's so many great Vincent Price horror films. Uh, House on Haunted Hill was amazing. But Dr. Fives blew me away. It was just so stylized. Like no, right? it was yeah. so stylized. Yeah. The only thing I'd seen that even compared to it was the original Argento Suspiria. That's exactly um, what I was thinking. It was thinking. very, because it, it had too. a very... Very giallo kind of feel. We, get, we gotta watch Phantom of the Paradise. You watch it and you're like, why are there not a billion remixes with like Beyonce music <laughs> <laughs> online or so something? So I guess know? that's like, our closing arguments as far Beyonce. as our listeners. Yep. Uh, she, don't, she has her fingers in I mean, everything. She's got it. Everybody yeah. needs yeah. to reach out to Beyonce and get her Let's to start a fan play. club. But otherwise, I mean, Beyonce um, kind of like the the. Uh, I don't. I don't even know. We're she's so, omnipresent. She's everywhere. I love Beyonce. She feels like she would be she, the she's the, the goddess of Doctor Vibes in this scenario. Right? Uh, she, no. <laughs> I think that would be interesting. Her star power is so no, strong that she, she is Doctor. She Fox. would be Doctor. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that actually. I mean, well. if if I were going to see a remake, it would be kind of fun to see Doctor. Fives as a woman. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. My other my other thought for another director who could tackle it was uh, a name I can't pronounce, but uh, Suspiria, new Suspiria director, call me by your name, like. Luca Guadagnino. Guadagnino. I think I think he has this uh, visual style that he would pull off a remake of Doctor Five. I, I don't know if he has though. a sense of humor for it though, because it's kind mm, of a funny maybe, yeah. movie. See, that's where I think Reffin does. He has like a very dark, weird I sense of humor. I also agree that I don't think he has a sense of humor. Oh man, oh, Reffin. Of Reffin is good. Of course, he's got a sense of humor. I would. I Bronson? would, I would oh. hand it to uh, uh, the guys who did The Endless. I don't know. Oh, I don't like them. Shut up. You know, I, you know, I don't like. Okay, sh- I, okay. So going back to one of our yeah. earlier questions, I fucking hated 
The Endless. I hated Resolution. God. I don't know what y'all are even talking about. You've not yeah. seen The Endless or Resolution? No. It's Me either. They're fucking terrible. Masterpieces. Okay. Like, <laughs> maybe the greatest horror Interesting. Send all, maybe the greatest horror films of the last Send like, three, all your four. hate mail <laughs> towards at, that you are going to send four patients to at Chris Coddix. Chris Cox Critic. Chris Cox Critic at gmail.com. Okay, you know, know how probably, it is at the end of the. Yeah, it's the, end of the, the third segment. We're all drunk. We're so drunk. Let's just finish this up. We're it's done. Only like an hour and something. No, we're done. Thank you for listening to Deliberations of Doom. If you took, <laughs> took, took if, if you guys uh, number one movie someone should watch out of this set. Uh, Doctor Fibes. If they had just one they had never seen, they say like, watch it. What would it be? Doctor Fibes or Reanimator? Those are my. If top you've two. never seen it, Reanimator for sure. Doctor Fibes. Doctor Fibes. And there we go. Keep on peeing. Keep screaming. Oh, yeah, screaming, not peeing. Wait, no, it's not peeing. I got to pee. Keep it's peeing. screaming. Keep peeing. Screaming. Are we still recording? We are. Oh, Sorry. okay. Good. I apologize. Bye. <laughs>